0: welcome back to the sugar pink podcast uh, regular listeners will know one of my co-hosts or guests today that is emma hello and we are joined by a special guest today named stephanie hello now if any of you are fans of reality tv or channel 4 shows then you may know stephanie so I am, uh, I'd say, a bit of a fan of yours, from what I know on TV, at least, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if you even remember this, but when you first opened your Twitter account, you actually tweeted me, because I'd been tweeting in support of you when your show was on, and I remember you, like, reaching out, like, just opened up a Twitter account, like, da-da-da-da. So, yeah, I'm sure you don't remember that. But anyway, I was one of your first few followers when you opened that.
1: Oh, I have not got many followers on Twitter. I've got a few on Instagram, but my yeah. Twitter account is mainly me uh, moaning about things.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what Twitter is for, right? Complaining to yeah. companies and, yeah, moaning. Or pointing out continuity errors is what I've liked to do recently. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I need to get started on that. That sounds like my idea.
0: Fun. So, yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself and the show that you were on. Okay, well,
1: me, myself, um, I'm currently 34. Um and I am normal girl, everyday girl. Um, from London, South London. Um, I was on a TV show called Married at First Sight, um, where I essentially married a stranger. Um,
0: yeah. So it was a popular Channel Four show. It's had like quite a few series now, and not much success in terms of the marriages. I don't think.
1: No, in the UK, there is zero percent of success. <laughs>
0: But I, I watched the American one, and the first series, there's a couple that are still together now, and they have multiple kids, and... there yeah, there's two
1: from the American first series. Two couples. I watched it too. It was promising.
0: So did you watch that before you went on it?
1: Yeah, of course. I did my research. Um, bizarrely, I actually did watch the UK, both the first two UK series, um, and so I knew that none of them had worked out, but um i did also watch all the american ones or the australian ones they're they're all over the world and there was actually a bigger success rate elsewhere so um although i didn't specifically decide to go on the show that sounds really random doesn't it me and my friend were like larking around one day and I said oh the only way I'm ever going to get married is if I go on that program and then she was like the next thing I knew she had the application done and I was like no way. Okay, cool let's roll with it. why not and so I didn't consciously go I'm going to do this in fact I remember watching the first series thinking oh my gosh I would never do that so yeah <laughs> that <laughs>
0: sounds like something Emma would do to me <laughs> mention it one yes, time absolutely mentioned it one time and she'd be like yeah forms are here ready go <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. unfortunately I'm the guy well I say unfortunately but generally most of the time unfortunately, I'm the kind of person who if someone suggests something a bit wacky I'll go yeah go for it why not
0: <laughs> yeah totally so did you have much time to kind of think about it between the application and it just happening or no
1: um well I kind of forgot all about it because it really was a, a non-thing that I did um, and then a couple of months later, I got a phone call from someone saying, hi, I'm calling from Married at First Sight. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, hi. Um, and I kind of for the first um, little while just sort of rolled with it. I thought, oh, this is a bit of fun. So I was going up to central London filming and star all the time and didn't think much of it because I knew that it was like 5,000 people who entered and what's so special about me? Why would I be picked? Um, it wasn't until they got down to around the final 200 people and matches were actually imminent. And I thought, oh, can I really do this? Is this a bit crazy? Even by my standards. Yeah. Um, so I sat down with a couple of friends and family and sort of discussed it through with each of them individually. And the general consensus was, well, of 100% of the people I picked myself, it didn't end well, yeah. <laughs> obviously. So, yeah. Um, I just thought well these are like experts scientists and people who are just like really trying hard and also I'd been through so much testing so much testing it's intensive going through that I thought the other person must have been through that too so I thought well you know what it might work it might not but let's give it a go
0: I'd kind of assumed that their testing was like a bit pretend and a bit for tv so was it quite in depth
1: I've discovered now I'm divorced it is um Uh (laughs) so they do real testing like real like they take like dna and all this sort of stuff they um they take hair samples um the amount of questions you go through and this is the thing that is a bugbear of mine is they go through hundreds of questions with you and hundreds of interview. i mean like so much time interviewing you before the show um and then so you're in, in my head i'm thinking okay they've gone through all this with me they must be doing this with the other person which they did um and at the end of all that they do like medical record checks they do like psychological evaluations they do your criminal history checks um and then I kind of thought okay they've gone through all that they must be essentially doing a compatibility test which is fine but at the end of it they say then you've got deal breakers which are the things where it does not matter how compatible you are if you say like for example if i said i don't want to marry a smoker and the other person smokes it doesn't matter if you're 100 percent compatible in these tests they will not put you together right um, so i thought i had that as a safety net but unfortunately they did match <laughs> me <laughs> with someone who failed my my um my deal breakers and i've since learned that every single couple who's ever been on the uk show has
0: also been matched
1: to someone who
0: sold a deal-breaker no way yes way <laughs> well, that that's probably why they've not worked out then
1: so i would never have been married
0: to him in the first place if they listened to what i said that's so silly so yeah the the, th- the thing that i thought is that well my assumption based on what i saw on the tv show which is probably heavily edited of course but um was that you kind of went on for the right reasons in that you thought, you know, I'll give it a go, see what happens, find love, rather than I'll be on telly and I'll be rich and famous?
1: Yeah. Well, given that I've been offered like well in excess of £30,000 for interviews alone since the show, and I have been offered um, some TV work and stuff since, and I've done nothing, and, and that includes the fact that I've never been paid for anything. I've never taken any financial gain for anything from being on the show, from any interview. In fact, the only interviews I've done since the show has been one prior to this, which was also on a podcast, um, which was for, you know, someone who's like up and coming in the sort of podcast world, um, who I thought just seemed like a really lovely person, and yourself.
0: Oh, I'm honoured. <laughs> Genuinely, <laughs> very, really am. very,
1: picky about the people I talk to you about it
0: that's awesome i think that's really interesting but i think the person that you were paired with was in it for the fame yes uh i mean they ended up on another reality tv show so that says enough to me
1: yeah but anyway yeah he he did admit that in the divorce he finally admitted that that that's
2: the reason he did it so really
0: yeah wow so anyway back to the main thing of my podcast and the main thing of my everyday life and that is food so what <laughs> is
1: podcast makes me hungry
0: <laughs> so what is your relationship with food do you have are you like a specialist diet or anything like that
1: i have a terrible relationship with food um and by that i mean i i can't do any form of dieting because i can't stick to a recipe i can't manage my time with food I did used to actually do, um, like, weights and stuff in the gym, like, oh, I'm going back about maybe four or five years ago now, and at that point, um, I was actually really quite well able to manage my food consumption, because I was hungry a lot more of the time, and obviously when you're doing weightlifting, you have to stick to a much more regimented diet, but even that was about a year of my life that I stuck to a good diet. I tend to be the kind of person who... I don't plan my shopping trips. I don't plan when I'm going to eat. Um, I like eating out a lot. And also, and this is the worst thing, I don't tend to get started with food preparation until I'm already hungry. Yeah. But by that point, it's like, feed me now. <laughs> Something quick. I'm not, I'm not adverse to chicken nuggets and chips. I'm so <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> so
0: what would be like your go-to meal then to grab and eat on the go?
1: Anything I can shove in the oven and it's ready in 20 minutes.
0: (laughs) Nice.
1: (laughs) I'm judging myself, don't worry.
0: There's no judgment here. This is a judgment-free zone, for sure.
1: The funny thing is, though, I'm actually quite a good cook. Like, things like jambalaya or Mauritian food, like, um, like, rugai, um... I'm actually really good at it. It's just I'm not great when it comes to preparing meals for one person. Yeah. So when I had, like, previously been in a long-term relationship, I would cook properly for people. But when it's just me, I can't be
2: bothered.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've I've been in that position as well where I've been single and it's just like, do I really want to go peel all those vegetables just for me? And it's just... It always seems much more effort. Yeah. Maybe that's just, like, like, the part of me that just wants praise and be like oh told it's really tasty or something I don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's also about food waste as well because I hate seeing the waste but I hate eating repetitive meals and I also I'm not great with like freezing food and stuff I'm just I'm just not great at meal prep to be honest yeah I can cook Christmas dinner for the whole flipping family but I can't just prepare a meal for one (laughs) it's ridiculous (laughs)
0: So I guess you kind of must do like long shifts with your job. So does that kind of disturb your eating patterns as well, I guess?
1: Massively. I'm a police officer and I do work shifts. So that includes nights and earlies. And you, you sometimes you just don't know when you're going to get off work. So that's a massive issue because I did... Um, previously I sort of meal prepped and brought stuff in with me and then you might get stuck at call and you can't eat that food and then it's gone to waste so nowadays I tend to sort of grab food on the go which is another problem as well because the kind of food you can grab fast is fast food and that's not good for you really we all know that
0: yeah Yeah. unfortunately I don't know why all the bad stuff for you has to taste so good I
2: know (laughs) (laughs) I always joke with my partner that if he wasn't around I'd just make myself poached eggs on toast every night I really I'm the same I just I wouldn't make much of an effort um but also I think like you that's what you want at that time whereas when you're in a couple you have to consider what someone else wants as well so there's I not that I you know want to be single of course but I do kind of get jealous a little bit when you can control what you eat and if you do want the chicken nuggets then go for it
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do love chicken nuggets
2: I know, J- me and my sisters, and
1: we all joke about nuggets in a bowl when you can't be bothered, you literally just have a bowl full of chicken nuggets, it's so tragic. Yeah. But they're both married, so, you yeah.
0: One of my, like, favourite, like, dirty meals to have is chicken nuggets with Aunt Bessie's Yorkshire puddings and gravy. What? <laughs> oh, God. It is the best. Don't knock it until you've tried it.
2: I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll
1: give anything a go, clearly. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> Solves everything that Especially if you're hungover or something
1: I so, don't actually I drink alcohol So I
2: don't I get
0: hungover oh, Nice, sorry Emma?
2: I was just going to say I'll eat anything when I'm hungover As long as someone brings it to me and I don't have to go and get
1: it <laughs> <laughs> If I really was rich and famous I'd so get myself a, a, an in-house cook
0: Yeah I think I would too but then because I like cooking I'd be like no you're not doing it my way Look, Come here I'll show you how to do it <laughs> just a control freak in the kitchen
1: my boyfriend no, pretty much can't eat me food, I'm happy <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so have you ever like been a veggie or vegan or tried going on any other diet plan like that
1: well no both of my sisters and in fact, one of my brothers as well, um, have been vegetarian. My brother was actually vegan for a period of time. Um, I have not. When I was about 14, I said to my mum, oh, mum, I want to be vegetarian. And she said, well, I'm not changing what I'm cooking for everyone. So you're basically going to start if you become vegetarian. <laughs> so tough. <no. laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, maybe not. Um, but other than that, I did actually, in fact, this used to get me into a bit of trouble in a past relationship, was I have a thing about I don't like touching meat. Which sounds weird that I'm okay to put it in my mouth. I know, but um, I don't. I don't like preparing meat. So when I do cook, like proper meals and stuff at home, they tend to be vegetarian. Not to the point where I will check the ingredients to make sure you know there's no animal derivatives or whatever. But um, I tend to cook just bit of like I don't know something with just vegetables in it. Um, and so if I'm going to eat meat, it tends to be out. So. Yeah, but I've never been a vegetarian, I don't think I could ever go vegan, I really don't and I admire anyone who can. Um, Also part of that is that one of the food, well, one of the only foods I can't stand is mushrooms, which seems to be in a lot of vegan meals when you go out, Um, the mushrooms are on the menu. Um, The other thing is I have a um, mixed nut allergy, so that will cut out a lot of what a vegan needs in their diet from not having nuts.
0: Yeah, that's true, what would you eat?
2: Yeah.
0: Emma, don't you hate mushrooms as well? I hate mushrooms. and um, the only time I can eat them
2: is if they're like you know when you get in the restaurants, uh like the sort of the weatherspoons kind of, when I say restaurants I mean like the weatherspoons. Um <laughs> the, like, the the breaded mushrooms and I eat the breaded bit but I don't I still don't eat the mushrooms. So it's the only time I can have a meal that involves mushrooms and even then I still don't eat it. But um I hate I just hate the texture. Um yeah. and my partner loves them, so I always have to cut them separately.
1: I can't even stand mushrooms in my house. I'm not joking. I thought, sorry for anyone. I'm just like, no, no, they're not
0: going to be in my house. No. I I love mushrooms. (laughs) Oh, God, that could be clipped up and used against me, that. But but I do love mushrooms. They're really... You can put them with garlic, put loads of butter on them. I mean, not the healthiest way to eat mushrooms, but still. (laughs) Delicious.
1: It's the the texture for me that's the first thing I hated about them. I, I liked them when I was a child, strangely it's um, the texture I really don't like and since then it just sort of even just thinking about that even now I'm starting to feel like I want to gag just okay.
0: <laughs> let's move on let's move on is there have you got any like really weird food love so like my Yorkshire pudding and chicken nuggets do you have anything like jam and chocolate together or something weird <laughs>
1: I wouldn't say this is overly weird. So, you know, um, like Worcestershire sauce, when you when you, you have it on, like, cheese on toast? For me, the cheese and the toast are kind of just the thing to have with the sauce. I swear I could drink it. It's so grim. And I do put it on a lot of food that it probably doesn't get, like um, potato waffles.
0: Ooh, I um... will
1: drench them with it, or i put it in beans, and I just love it so much. I swear I could drink
0: it. <laughs> See, <laughs> I'm... Uh... I'm like that with uh, vinegar because I love pickled stuff, like pickled gherkins is my favourite thing in the world. I and love I... gherkins so much. You love them or hate them? Yeah
1: I do, I love them. Oh,
0: I love them, friend. Uh, and I once gave myself a stomach ulcer because I drank like the whole jar of the vinegar that they were in. <laughs> <laughs> Would not recommend, 2 out of 10. But I don't yeah. know
2: why I'm not surprised. <laughs>
0: But yeah, I love pickles and pickle gherkins. Have you tried uh, fried pickles?
1: I haven't, but I feel I need to have that for dinner tonight now.
0: They are wonderful. They're just like thin slices of the pickles in a really light breadcrumb and then fried. Oh, it would change oh, your I'm life.
1: I'm so bored with that. Because I, my favourite way to have them... never thought I'd be having this conversation. Um, <laughs> my favourite way to have them... Is like sliced thinly and you know when you have them like on a burger yeah um, yeah so then they're like warmed through
0: yeah see I don't uh, find many people that like them th- as much as I do people normally yeah. are horrified when I suggest them
1: I nearly killed one of my friends once because I had um, a cheeseburger and I actually t- what i used to do was i would take them out of my cheeseburger to save them for last because they were my favorite bit and my friend evidently thought that i didn't like them so she just picked it up and ate it and, oh my gosh I, <laughs> I, gonna- I made her buy me a new cheeseburger
0: <laughs> so uh sorry i didn't realize that we'd go quite so deep on the pickle talk but in a mcdonald's if you ever happen to go in there you can ask for a- extra pickles on the side
1: you can, yes, but unfortunately, I think they're so used to people saying not to have them that if I ever get it, so on the drive through for example, is I tend to go drive through McDonald's, um, it's the only place open at one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, yeah. um, <laughs> every week, no, sorry, <laughs> um, and if you ask for extras, a lot of the time, they actually give it to you with none in, I think they're just so used to being asked to have it without. What? Yeah, so I don't take that risk anymore.
0: See, my boyfriend always has the cheeseburger without. And I'm like, can you ask them to put it in mine? mine? (laughs) And he's like, no, too complicated. Not asking that. (laughs) I'm like, right, so asking them to... Because he has no sauce as well. So he's literally just asking them to remove everything out of the burger.
1: What is the point? Sorry, no offense to your
0: boyfriend. Yeah, no, offense to my boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) All the offense needed. Until very recently... Until I pretty much beat it out of him, he would not eat a single vegetable or fruit at really? all. Yeah, but he's got. I
1: love got... it so much. In fact, I gave myself acid poisoning on my um, my teeth because I was, as I was when I was younger, I was actually eating too many like acidic fruits. So oh, yeah. I had like, a lot of wear on some of my teeth from that.
0: Yeah, because it's actually not that great for your teeth. All the sugars in the fruits no. and stuff, especially yeah, like your acid ones. Nice. So if you were to go out to a restaurant right now, what type of cuisine would you want to go to? Like Indian, Mexican, English?
1: Okay. Well, I, I tend to avoid anywhere English Mm -hmm. unless occasionally on a Sunday afternoon, I want to go down like an English, and even then it won't be a roast dinner. No way. Um, anything foreign. I think my probably my favourite would be Spanish, um, but anything foreign, anything and everything, something with a bit of spice to it, something a bit unusual. Yeah.
0: Yeah, same. I love tapas. I love just having all the little plates in the table, and you can pick at it.
1: Yeah. And... <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm in actually moving to Spain in two weeks' time. Come and visit. Are you? Yeah.
0: No way.
1: Yeah, I'm taking a career break and going out there for at least a year.
0: Oh, incredible. Yeah, I'll be there. Need a holiday.
1: I've got a spare room. There's room for both of you.
0: Yes. (laughs) Whereabouts? Don't worry. I'm I'm all all set. My uncle's got an apartment, so don't you worry about me. Oh, nice. (laughs) We'll have a (laughs) meet-up. Whereabouts in Spain? Is it like the hot bit, I was going to (laughs) say?
1: No, you were right. There are parts of Spain that are really cold. Contrary (laughs) to what we um, it's in the southeast. east um, it's in the region of Alicante, but it's the very, very south, it's right on the border with Mercia.
0: That's amazing, I want to see some uh, tapas pictures on your Instagram.
1: Oh, I don't know if I've ever posted f- food pictures on Instagram, I will start doing that, just for you. <laughs> yes! Yeah. is
2: it anywhere near Kachal? Yes! That's, that's, where, that's where my uncle's apartment is, and we're staying there in
1: December, so like, we'll meet up for some tapas. Yeah. Oh, just be warned it's cold in December.
0: It'll just be like vegan England.
1: Oh, no not quite. In fact, really weirdly, I think it's actually colder inside the apartments in Spain in the winter than it is in the summer because they're so specifically built to make you cool. Yeah. And winter is so short there. It's like 2 months where you're freezing cold and then it's like, oh, I'm all <laughs> good.
0: So we just uh, we just mentioned Instagram there. Yeah. Did you have your Instagram before you went on the telly or no, after?
1: I've never been a social media person. I did for a period of time have an Instagram account where I literally just posted holiday photos.
2: Mm-hmm. That was
1: it. There was never even a picture of me on there. Um, I actually had no social media. Well, no, actually, I did used to have Facebook, but then I got bored of it because it just seemed, I don't know, Facebook just became not fun anymore. Um, so I got rid of that ages ago. I had no intention whatsoever of actually being known after the show. Mm-hmm. So I had, I made sure my privacy settings and what I did have were very, very tight, even though there's no pictures on me on, me on there anyway. Um, it actually was quite a few months after the show when, um, well, basically when my ex went on a certain... TV programme, and I was basically being hounded by the press again, Um, and it got to the point where I thought, you know what, if the press are so hell-bent on getting me to speak to them, because they all wanted the exclusive, so they would just literally be, like, hounding me in every way, shape, and form, and I was like, things were going out in the press where they were trying to get um, friends of mine, like, offering, like, oh, if you know any of her personal details, if you know her phone number, where she lives, her email address, anything, anything even my surname at that point wasn't known, Um, then give us a call, and like, oh, there was a girl who I went to school with who was offered £1,000 just to give my details, and I'm so lucky to say that nobody ever has, which I think is a massive testament to the people that I know, (laughs) like, well done to them, because that's a lot of money. That's insane. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Just my details. I mean, I could have not even answered the phone. Literally. Yeah. No, so just a quick, just a quick halfway.
2: I'd sell you out for about
0: hundred quid. Oh. <laughs> I'd sell you out for fifty, five or even. Depends how I was. <laughs> that's so crazy, though.
1: Yeah. So eventually, I just decided. Right. I've had enough of this, and also the stuff that's being printed about me. Like they had free reign to write anything because I refused to speak to them, and. Then there was the, the issues with, like, I just, eventually I just thought, you know what, I'm so sick to death of this. I'm not going to sell my story because that, for me, is just not something that I will do. Mm-hmm. So I opened up the Instagram account with the purpose of putting my side of the story across. Then it would no longer be an exclusive, so everyone would just, like, get over it. Um, and then I thought I'd leave it there for a couple of weeks. It'd probably spread around, spread around a bit, and then I'd just take the account back down again But actually, I put the account up and I had so many people, I mean, I had like, oh gosh, I don't even know, like well over a thousand messages that took me absolutely ages to get through from people saying, I've been through such a hard time recently and seeing your story and seeing how you stood up to it has made me think it's okay, I can cope with this too. And that's the kind of part of it that I then thought, actually, yeah, I will keep it up because... And it's no longer about Married at First sight. It's nothing to do with that anymore. It's just about me, my friends laughing about, and basically women sticking up for women.
2: Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah. Which is what we are all for. That's why I loved you on the show and after, because at least to me, you came across as a strong-ass woman, and <laughs> you, you're, you didn't take it like how a lot of women probably would have. And I just think you remain dignified throughout? I mean, like you just said as well, you were offered thousands of pounds to sell your story and all of this, but what's the need if you're not trying to kind of further your reality TV career, shall we say?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people to this day, and some people, unfortunately, are people that I actually know personally who still believe that me buying my place in Spain, I did it out of the money I earned from the show. And I can't stress enough No, it's nothing to do with that. I've earned my own money over the years. I bought my. Everyone always thinks this. Oh, you're 34 and you've got a place in London and a place in Spain. Oh, did you get that out of the divorce money? Did you earn that from the money you got on TV? Did you, you know, was that handed down through family? No, I've worked my bottom off (laughs) my whole life since I was 12 years old with my first paper round. I've always saved a third of the money I've earned. I've always saved. And so, no, this is my own hard grasp that got me where I am today. And there's a lot of stuff in the press saying about how, oh, this Cinderella story, how this poor girl married a millionaire, and now she's also... No, it's nothing to do with that. I spent more money in our relationship than he did. And just for the record, he's not a millionaire anyway. But um, well, <laughs> I, but, but at least I've worked for every penny I've got.
0: That's so frustrating. I, a lot. I'm finding nowadays a lot of the time people are mistaking hard work with privilege or yes. being lucky and don't get me wrong there'll be a lot of people that that's happened to but there's a lot of people at the same time that have just worked so hard this their whole lives
1: yeah yeah oh it's just because i think it's even more for women if, if there was a 34 year old man with a place in London a place in Spain i don't think they question it as much
0: yeah well look at your ex-husband everyone mentioned that he was a millionaire but not in a negative way not how did he get his money it's definitely a bit of a difference between men and women isn't there especially in the media so i guess you were kind of lucky in the sense where you didn't have your social medias open at the time the show was on yes because you didn't have to deal with the trolls that come with everything ever i mean emma and i back in god it's back in january i can't believe that but back in January, we we're on our like local TV here, um, yeah. talking about something to do with the podcast and the blog, I think, and I got loads of trolls like attacking me afterwards, and I was just like, I was just on our local Devon news, like who cares? And we're just sending hate and we're saying that I was ugly and da 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 da, da. and it's just horrible. And another thing recently, I uh, I tweeted. A really innocent tweet about love island um before it started i just said about the lack of body diversity yeah or i said i don't because they promised there was going to be more body diversity this year so i said i don't see much in the way of body diversity that tweet got taken and added to a twitter moment which is basically like a highlight reel of tweets And then for like the 48 hours afterwards, I just got a barrage of abuse saying, well, why would, why would a fat person be on TV? No one's going to love them. And (laughs) if they are on Love Island and the fat person was there, they'd just be left to the end because no one would fancy them and all this stuff. It was horrendous, horrendous. I've never seen anything like it. Just for me saying, I don't see much in the way of body diversity, which there wasn't. There was nobody above like a size 12.
1: Yeah, I, do you know what, that's one of the things. A lot of people, well, even last weekend, I was out last weekend, and um, quite a few people were like, oh, my God, I recognise you, you're from Love Island. And I'm like, no, I'm really not, but I'm, <laughs> the I'm way too old to be on Love Island. And I have no abs. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, I just find... Like, I find that kind of thing of it, it... It is. I do agree with you completely. I don't watch Love Island, but I have certainly seen adverts for it. And they do all seem to be very much the skinny, like, gym fanatics, white yeah. teeth. Yeah. And I mean, and I wasn't saying
0: that we need to see, like, a size 30 person come in that would just literally stick out like a sore thumb, but someone with a stretch mark somewhere might be nice. Yeah. so that Because I think this whole idea that fat people can't be pretty or can't be loved has kind of been bred from shows like Love Island where only pretty, skinny, plastic surgery up to the eyeball people will go on. Um yeah. and I think like the media nowadays, although weirdly, I watched the Jade Goody documentary the other day. Um and when she first went on to Big Brother, they were all calling her, like, a fat pig in the media. Yeah. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, the media and how women are portrayed in the media nowadays, it it makes me sad.
1: Yeah. I didn't watch the whole documentary. I saw about the first few minutes, and it was just making me angry, because there was one of the... I believe it was one of the producers who basically said, we knew that she was going to be hated, and that's kind of why we put her on there, because she was, like, the way she was. And I thought, what a disgusting thing. You intentionally you knew this perfectly normal person was going to be hated, and so you intentionally did it that way. And personally, I remember thinking back then, thinking, I think she's beautiful, because she's yeah. like, like I don't know what her ethnic origins are, but she certainly appears to be some sort of mixed race, and I think, you know, I think she's beautiful.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: And I just really didn't like, I remember watching that series of Big Brother. Obviously, I don't watch it now. <laughs> 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 um, but I remember, like, just thinking back then how she was portrayed horrendously.
0: But it was all, it was all the media. They liked to whip up this storm and they showed a clip where it was one of the first or second evictions and all the crowd were chanting, Jade the pig, get Jade the pig out. Oh. It's disgraceful. But that was like 10 years ago now. Yeah. And I think
1: things have improved yeah. I mean, with amazing people like Jamila DeMille. Like, things are definitely improving, but they've got so far to go. And I do think that the media, like, the media are, quite frankly, disgusting. Yeah. The way they behave with that. I mean, like, am I allowed to mention a magazine? Absolutely. Okay. Okay, magazine. Okay, magazine really wanted me to do an interview with them. And I said, look, not being funny, but if my interview is going to be about married at first sight and all that, then you must know by now I don't do that. I don't. You, it doesn't like you know, all the money in the world is not gonna make me do that. Um, and I think they kind of wanted me to come on and to come and talk to them and like you know slag off my ex and blah blah blah. And I can't be bothered with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got too much respect for his family for that. So I I refused it. I said, but do you know what? Like, since doing all that, um, I mean I'm not doing them now purely because I don't have time as I'm preparing for my move. But I yeah. was for a period of time just doing just silly little interviews, like nothing major just little interviews with just normal women who I found to be, like, inspiring um, or empowering. And i do these little interviews and put them up. There was on Instagram, and then I put it on YouTube just because Instagram is really awkward because it's so skinny when you do the IGTV. Yeah. Um, But, like, you know, nothing nothing professional. Um, And I said to them, like, if you want to interview me about something, interview me about that, or interview me about the fact that I've got um, a condition called... ME, which um, affects a lot of people and is like hardly known, um, interviewed me about something like that. And then the woman I spoke to said, yeah, we're all about empowering women. Okay, we're not going to put that out now. um, But we'll definitely be in touch to do something else. And the next thing I know, in OK Magazine, I'm being absolutely slated in there for multiple reasons one of them was um actually no I'm not going to mention that because I just don't want to be petty but somebody I happen to know who is related to my ex um saying how I was upsetting their mother making her cry by the things that I was saying which is interesting because I never did any any press whatsoever and they did loads slagging me off um wow and the other thing which really got to me was I posted on Instagram I'm I like to be an open and honest person, even if it means that, okay, if I'm particularly spotty one day or whatever, most most of what I post is me without makeup. Um, and I had posted something about how I'd had a lot of stress and the stress was press related. It was press harassment related. And I put a post up basically just showing what I looked like before and what I looked like at the time with stress related issues. Um, so it had pictures of me that I'd lost a lot of weight, and I my skin had got really, like my skin was terrible, um, and my nails were like just falling off. And um, and I was on my way to a counselling session. And I thought I'm gonna share this with people because people get stressed, uh-huh. and I wanted to share it. So I shared it, and the next thing I know, I mean, well, not just OK Magazine, I mean all of the. I guys remember. Across, but- but OK Magazine Who just what Two weeks before Said how we, Oh we're all about Empowering women And we really want to Feature you Because of that And then the next thing Because I've refused To do an interview with them I'm in there then like basically Slating me saying How I can't get over my ex And I'm so depressed Over my breakup I was like no I wasn't depressed Over my breakup I was depressed Over you people ha- Harassing me over. That's
0: so disgusting That's
1: Yeah so I, I, I bought them right out And wrote all over Instagram About what they'd done they did actually change the story because they said on there that I'd lost three stone in a week. What? <laughs> yeah.
0: That's so. That's so awful to even print. That's just not
1: possible. possible. I would die.
0: Unrealistic expectations for girls out there as well. Like, oh. No, no. That's
1: yeah.
0: that's so bad.
1: A lot of them, though, if I've refused an interview, they've then turned on me and written nasty things about me. And I think it's of trying to goad you into going, well, fine, I'll give you my story, because then it'll be my side of the story. And that's what they tell you. They say, oh, well, we haven't had your side of the st- The sun. The sun are disgusting. Um, I actually won a case against them with the IPCC, and they had to give me... Um, They had to give me compensation over it, um, which granted was 150 quid, despite the fact (coughs) that the interviews they were offering me were like £5,000 each time. And I'm just like, oh, I've got 150 quid. (sighs) Thanks. Thanks so much.
0: I hate the sound. Um,
1: Yeah, they were the worst. They were the absolute worst. They were the ones that were saying, like, um, all about how, yeah, we just, the reason we've done all these stories against you is because we've only got the other side of the story. If you come and do an interview with us, then we'll have your side of the story. And I'm like, you're not going to goad me. No.
0: That's such rubbish. That's so, oh, so infuriating. You touched upon briefly about Emmy there. Is that something you'd like to talk about?
1: love to talk about that
0: because i've actually known a couple of people in my life that have had or have emmy yeah. um and it's not talked about enough i don't think
1: no, not at all in fact um completely weirdly i was asked to go on lorraine kelly's show um a couple of months ago and um, to talk about First Sight, and i basically said like look Uh, not particularly I said I don't mind touching if i married at the first sight because obviously it's what I'm known for I'm not an idiot I'm not going to sit there and go oh Stephanie St. Remy she's so well known for everything no (laughs) I know that's what people know me for Um, but I did say um, it's coming up to the point where they have like the yearly thing for um, like basically trying to make Emmy it's called uh, Millions Missing when they make Emmy known um and I said, I'd love to talk about that. And they said, oh, that's really interesting. That's really great. Okay, I'll let you know. No, of course I didn't. <laughs> Unless I'm slagging my husband off. They don't want to know.
0: <laughs> so, um, Emmy, I can never say what it actually is. It's myalgic something, isn't it?
1: Myalgic encephalomyelitis.
0: There we go. And trust
1: me, it's taken four years to, <laughs> to, <be. Emmy's laughs>
0: to say it. <laughs> I used to have a job where I did medical questionnaires and I had to ask questions about Emmy as well. And I... Well, clearly, I still can't say it. I should be able to. No, so it's kind no, of... It takes a lot of practice. <laughs> <laughs> is it related to, or is it the same as, chronic fatigue syndrome?
1: It is chronic fatigue syndrome. Like, it's, it's known under both titles. I personally don't like to call it chronic fatigue syndrome because that is one aspect of it. Yeah. The fatigue part of it is, quite frankly, the bit that I actually can cope with more than the rest of it. Um... I don't like it to be defined by just being tired, basically.
0: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Because there's a lot of... Well, the people that I've known that have had it, they've also experienced a lot of pain in their body as well. um, And, like, lack of movement and restriction of movement from the pain and things like that.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of symptoms, but I'll give you the the base symptoms. Um, One of them is actually... (laughs) (laughs) i actually nearly had it then um brain fog where you know that (laughs) feeling where you go into a room and you forget what you've gone in there for yeah it's like that but all the time with your speech so i will forget really basic words i'll go to say like oh can you pass me the you know the thing it's long it's thin it's got ink inside it oh pen that's it um it's like it's quite a hilarious guessing game for my friends when I'm when I'm having a bit of a crash because I can't forget just general normal everyday words. Um, I so obviously as a police officer you have a pocket book which you're writing in as everyone's telling you the information you're writing it down and my friends joking so I should have a pocket book for my real life because <laughs> I won't remember what I'm talking about. Oh, that's a massive problem for me um, because I get really self conscious if I'm in a conversation with someone and like um like even now talking to you now if I was having a crash it would be really awkward and probably would make a really poor quality podcast because I wouldn't know what I was talking about
0: well you definitely haven't shown it so far that's for sure
1: (laughs) that's because I'm not crashing right now I'm pretty good at the moment so how waves as well and and that's a real difficult thing if you don't conserve your you learn to conserve it's why it's why I stopped going to the gym actually Um, because you need to learn to conserve your energy, and it's quite frustrating when you get to a period of time where you're like, okay, I'm feeling fit and healthy now, I'm going to go back to the gym, and then you can't do what you were doing before. It's so frustrating.
0: Yeah, I bet. So how do you kind of manage it on the day-to-day? Do you have to take medication, or...?
1: At present, in the UK, there is no medication. There is some medication that can help some of the symptoms, like, obviously, just general painkillers. But there's no like medication. They're not really doing a lot of research into it here either. And that's the thing that really frustrates me. Yeah. Because it like so many people. Um there is some medication that is prescribed in America where they've done more tests. There's a thing called LDN, which I don't know a lot about it because they don't prescribe it here, but I know it's to do it actually helps with a lot of conditions such as fibromyalgia, um, which is actually quite similar to M E but yeah. slightly more severe. Um, and there's also a thing called Dribose, which I have put myself on a clinical trial for because clinical trials don't exist at the moment. Um and I've been testing it on myself. It's perfectly safe. It's not like a it's not like a clinical drug that's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It will either work for me or it'll have no effect on me. It's not one of those ones that's gonna I'm not gonna grow another head or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> um and I have been trialling that, which has been working quite well for me. It seems to work on about sixty percent of people. Um and so I love it. I think for me that is massively beneficial, but it just means you've got to take this it's like um a sugar replacement. So in your muscles you have like this type of sugar, but you can't imagine it as the sugar you eat. It's a totally different type of sugar. Um and in someone like in a normal person, um, they will replenish um, with every like 10 heartbeats I think they say which is so let's say every 10 seconds they'll replenish what they've lost whereas with someone in with ME it doesn't replenish for like up to a minute which means that your energy levels your muscular energy levels are just decreasing constantly so if you tr- try and replace your sugar intake with this d ribose and you take oh, I can't remember exactly how much you take but it's a lot <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, like, I mean, I'm terrible. I have two sugars in my tea. I know that's disgusting. But I can't, I can't. I'd rather quit tea than quit sugar in my tea. (laughs) you replace replace the sugar with this tea, right? So you have, like, um, a couple of these little spoonfuls in the morning, a couple at lunch, and a couple in the evening. Um, And it really, really does help. I used to go through phases where um, at night I would get restless leg syndrome, which means you get a terrible quality of sleep because you're constantly moving. Um, But then I... My muscles in my leg felt like they weren't there, they felt like they were empty. And um, since taking Dear I don't feel that at all. Wow. Like, at all. I still get the brain fraught, fog. I can't, like, you know, I can't <laughs> do, I have to do karaoke. <laughs> like, I can't remember the words off my heart to anything anymore. And I used to be in a band, so I used to, but now I can't remember anything.
0: See, I it can't do that anyway, and I don't have Emmy, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like when you do that dad singing, isn't it? Yeah, and I make
0: up my own words a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> so how long ago were you diagnosed with Emmy?
1: Um, I was diagnosed four years ago, um, and I think I was quite lucky in my diagnosis because a lot of people wait years. I had been travelling, um, and when I came back, um, I'd been around, like, Southeast Asia, so Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, and when I came back, I went through about four months where I just kept feeling really poorly. Like, I kept feeling like I had the flu, but then it would just start to get better so the point of thinking oh I'm gonna go to the doctor I really don't feel well it'd be like oh okay now I feel better now and that went up about four months eventually um it was actually forgetting words to songs that my friends were like hang on you're singing along you're getting the words wrong that's weird for you you need to go to the doctor (laughs) isn't that weird that's the thing my friends noticed I need to go to the doctor
2: wow
1: (laughs) So I went to the doctor and I was having terrible leg cramps, like to the point where one one of my friends, bless her, I was in tears in my locker room at work and because I was in so much pain and she had to like massage the cramp out of my legs for me before I could even start work and um, I'd noticed that I'd been sleeping a lot, like I'd sleep for 16 hours straight on my days off and still didn't feel better. Wow. Um, so I went to my doctor. He ran loads and loads of tests. He said, "Oh, you're 30 years old. If you were coming to me at the age of 50, I'd say it was normal. But you're 30, so there's something wrong." He ran loads of tests. Um, none of them came back with anything of concern. He worried if it. Wand- Oops, sorry, he wondered if it was. Um, oh gosh, I'm doing it now. What's that thing you get from the sun?
0: Oh, well, sunstroke.
1: No, it's something that you need from the sun. D- oh, vitamin D. Vitamin, vitamin D. D. Thank you.
0: Okay. <laughs> Good example there, everyone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, Yeah, so he thought it might be vitamin D, but it wasn't. Um, So he then basically eventually said to me, oh, I think you need to do more exercise. Go away and exercise and come back to me in three months. And I was like, but one of the main things I've come to him with is that I do weightlifting I'm not I have a gym. I was gym obsessed. I loved it. It's the one and only like, form of exercise I've ever really, really loved and stuck to. And I had great physique because of it. And yet, yeah, I'd get into the gym, do a warm-up, and I couldn't do more than that. I'd be That's me, done in. I couldn't do any more. So him no telling way. me, oh, you're unfit and you need to do more exercise, it doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense. Um, and I actually, um, one day, there was... Uh, <laughs> so I... Someone's motorbike was in no moped, sorry, it was in a river and um, I basically helped to get it out of the river, and um, pulled it up the riverbank and then and that was fine and then I was as I was walking away, I suddenly just went a bit weird and I collapsed. Um, and they had to call an ambulance and I went my temperature went down to like thirty four degrees and I was very hypothermic oh and, and it was like proper emergency stuff. Um, and I remember the paramedic sitting there and as he was talking to me and I was trying to talk back, he said that my speech, he said, he said, you know, don't worry, you haven't had a stroke, but your speech pattern sounds like you've had a stroke. Like what's, like, I couldn't, I was slurring very, very badly and I was very, very slow to speak. And he turns to, a friend of mine says, like, well, does she normally speak like this? He says, no, she normally speaks very well. Um, and so they were really concerned. So they got me to the hospital. Um, when I started to come round, um, speaking to the A&E doctor, he um, he said, have you been feeling poorly lately? Any chance you could be pregnant? And gosh, if I'd have had a pound for every time I've heard someone go, oh, you must be pregnant. I was like, no, I'm not pregnant. There's something wrong. Um, So when I told him the symptoms, he said, well, I know exactly what's wrong with you. I know exactly what's wrong with you. You either got ME, MS or fibromyalgia. It's one of the three. I'm going to refer you back to a doctor. Um, so I'm actually really lucky that I collapsed that day because had I not, I would have been struggling to get a dy- diagnosis for a lot longer. Yeah. Um, but thankfully I just had this young A&E doctor, um, who just twigged straight away and gave the options to my GP who then looked at him and went, oh yeah, okay, now we can test him. And then, then it was, it was ME.
0: Yeah. Cause I know a lot of people struggle perhaps with a diagnosis. There's, yeah. I found, uh, Especially a good few years ago, there seemed to be a bit of a, I don't know what the word is now. Oh, I've got it now too. No, there seemed to be like a bit of a, a thing around fibro, not fibro, I think it was like chronic fatigue, but it was kind of more called chronic fatigue syndrome, where a lot of people, like it was hard to diagnose and kind of prove if that's yes. the thing. So people may have perhaps abused that fact or. Things like that, because I've heard people in the past say like, "Oh, chronic fatigue syndrome. or have a Red Bull or something like that."
1: Uh, go and have a it's, coffee.
0: It's really, <laughs> it's really not like that. It's not possible to just have a coffee and sort yourself out, is it at all?
1: It's not at all. Not at all. But, um, but I think the best way I've ever managed to like explain it to someone is imagine that you have a scientist with you and they're like putting doing tests on you and. Every time you fall asleep, they wake you up. And they do that for a week to the point you're so exhausted. Then you have to go and carry a sumo wrestler around with you. Mm -hmm. That is how tired you feel. It's not tired, it's exhaustion. You can't lift your own body weight. I actually, um, I mean, this is kind of by the point now, as I've shaved my head now, but (laughs) um, I got to the point where I would have to decide between, do I have a shower? Do I wash my hair? Or do I tidy my house? Because I can only do one of the three. And it got to the point where my hair was just so disgustingly greasy because I just couldn't have the energy to wash my hair and, like, blow dry it and style it or whatever. So I cut my hair quite short, just into a little bob to make that a bit easier. And I, I hired a cleaner because I just couldn't I, – I just – I don't want to go out and smell every day. So no, like, not between the three. I can't. Yeah, it's that
0: hard. It's, it's so hard. So, do you think now that you've got better at managing it yourself? So, like you just said, by getting the cleaners to do the cleaning so that you conserve your energy and.
1: Yeah, I do think that if you can work out how it's best to help yourself, and not everyone can afford a cleaner, um, I think I'm quite you know, lucky in a sense. I mean, she comes once a week, but you know, not like, not like every day cleaning up after me. <laughs> um, She's a live-in
0: cleaner. Uh. Yes. <laughs> uh,
2: the staff. No.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I think if you can work out, because this is the other thing, is that, yeah, I used to be gym obsessed and now um, there's much more low-key things I enjoy. Like, I love writing. Um, it's just about, don't, like, not letting Emmy beat you don't try and battle against it and try and like i want to be the person i used to be before it had me because that's not going to work you just have to work out who you are now and work out what's best for you now and get new hobbies and interests and stuff like i never used to watch tv and now it's like i will chow down a whole series when i'm (laughs) having a bit (laughs) of a crash i won't go out i just chow down netflix
0: (laughs) what are you watching at the moment what were you oh, binging?
1: I'm so sad. Um, Jane the Virgin is my absolute favourite and it's just finished.
0: I've not watched that.
1: Oh my gosh, you need to. It's amazing.
0: Is it good? Jane the Virgin. It's so
1: good. It's hilariously fun. It's based on like the, um, I don't know if you know what a telenovela is. Do you know? Sorry, say that again? A telenovela. No. <laughs> okay, it's a type of TV programme. It's basically sort of like South American and it's like high drama It's like in one episode, you'll go from laughing your head off to crying your eyes out. Oh, I love that
0: type of stuff.
1: unrealistic. But um, Jane the Virgin is like an American take on a telenovela. So it is in English. There's a bit of Spanish, but it's mainly in English. Um, And it's just brilliantly done. And it's hilariously funny. And you'll fall in love with the characters. But telenovelas all end after. There's not like um, Coronation Street where it's just going to keep going and going and going and going and going. Um, it will definitely end at
0: a certain time and hers is just finished it's so sad oh no so it's done done completely done
1: it's done done it's never going to come back again it's so popular but they will never do another series
0: have you seen Fleabag no
1: I've never even heard of
0: it you've never heard of Fleabag no what is it it's a very acclaimed British uh, TV series with Phoebe Waller-Bridge have you heard of her No. so she is an amazing woman she's a writer and uh she's an actress as well so fleabags was originally a stage show that she did wrote herself and it's kind of about this character's life as like a 30 something year old single woman
1: oh sounds right on my (laughs) (laughs) screen
0: bumbling around life and it's it's a bit like kind of similar to what you just said then where it's really comedic and really funny and then can kind of Jump to a really serious kind of life moment it's so good if you've not watched it i think you'd love it it's so yes, good yeah. and it on? it's uh, on iplayer bbc oh okay yeah i'll definitely check that
1: out
0: and i love phoebe waller bridge she's an amazing woman she's so talented she we had a killing eve yes i've watched
1: the first series i have just started the second series so she
0: also wrote killing eve phoebe waller bridge <clears throat> so yeah so yeah that's my recommendation and oh, okay. and Jane the Virgin. I'm going to add that to my watch list. I think it almost
1: sounds like you're doing it as we speak. I actually <laughs> I am. See you reaching Netflix. I was <laughs> just reaching for
0: the phone. Add it to the notes. <laughs> okay. Well, shout out your Instagram or oh,
1: it's yeah, it is. Oh, it's my name? <laughs> it's at Stephanie underscore Saint Remi.
0: Awesome, and you have some beautiful holiday pics. I, re- I always remember the lily pads.
1: Oh, in Mauritius. Yeah. Oh my God, have you ever been to Mauritius?
0: No, I haven't, but I've seen, I've always wanted to see those lily pads.
1: Oh, you need to go to Mauritius and go to Pomplomies Gardens. It's just amazing. I'm a half Mauritian.
2: Oh, Um, wow.
1: Yeah, I know. I've totally got the, what is it, they call it the Mariah Carey complex, (laughs) where I'm actually mixed race, but I just look so white.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny.
1: I look like a white girl with a tan. I don't look, I don't look mixed. Yeah, I'm I'm half (laughs) Mauritian.
0: oh amazing I oh, know I've never been I'd love to go always 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 want to see those lily pads. I'm
1: not
0: I'm not much of a traveller to be honest I've always um wanted to travel but I can't kind of travel too far for too long I'm really I'm one of those people that's like rooted to home
1: oh I'm the opposite I'm so nomadic Really? I, I, years ago, I moved I, within 24 hours. This or I just, just describes my personality in a nutshell, really. This is how I end up marrying a stranger on national
2: television.
1: <laughs> I heard about a job going in Dubai. I applied for it. Literally 24 hours later, I had the interview. Um, so, from the moment I heard about the job to the moment I left the country, moved to a country I've never been to before on my own at the age of 22 was five days. Wow. Yeah. i know
0: five days i know so
1: yeah me marrying a stranger doesn't sound so crazy when you think about these
0: things yeah it does sound a bit like you to be honest
1: yeah (laughs) yeah oh Steph just something crazy and wacky oh go on then okay (laughs) i'm moving to spain now but at least i'm prepared for that one
0: i'm so excited for you that's gonna be amazing
1: I'm studying Spanish now, so it's just with a view of getting fluent. So, how yeah, far, how weird, far through are you? There. Are you
0: studying, like, proper studying or doing one of those app things?
1: I have classes. So at the moment I go to classes once a week, which uh-huh. I've been doing for the past few... Well, it was once a month initial, initially, and now it's once a week. Um, and I'm at the point now where I can go to my place in Spain and I can not speak English at all for the few days I'm there but at the same time I'm not fluent I will have points where I'm like I don't understand what anyone's saying whatsoever right now <laughs> so that's kind of why I'm taking I'm so fortunate actually to be able to take it for a break and go I will be working once when I'm there but probably like a bar or something I don't know yeah There's something to you know pay the bills um also I don't want to get in the habit of going like lounging by the pool and then being like I don't want to get back to work yeah you'll never <laughs> <So> come back <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm very nomadic. I tend to go away a lot. Um, that's one of the things actually that I felt that kind of going through that period of time where um I was struggling with all like you know know first sight and the press like that came along with that, um kind of took away from me was I lost my confidence to do that. So now I've got it back, I am gonna go for it.
0: Yes. I'm so pleased for you, it'll be amazing. I look forward to seeing the updates on Instagram especially the tapas photos yeah, <laughs> Especially <for you. laughs> and I'll see you out there for tapas <laughs> yeah
1: definitely
2: I just I just wanted to say before I go um Steph I saw something it wasn't about you it was about um someone else in Love Island and in the comments of the DM uh, of Daily Mail which is a place I love to frequent, Um, someone said um, that they were letting a moment uh, in a TV show that lasted uh, a week define their entire life. And when you were talking about your experience, um, it was so... um, uh, obvious that you did the complete opposite and I really admire you for that you didn't let that show define your life you are still a badass woman who has a full time job who is earning and saving her money who is remaining dignified, doing you and I just wanted to say that I admire that and it, it was really good to hear from you, so thank you Thank, you. <laughs> thank you. I'll
0: see you in Spain, Tapas Yeah, Tapas in Spain but thank you so so much for your time and coming on and doing this, uh, you've been amazing
1: <laughs> thank you you're and also an inspiration. I must your story is pretty inspiring, like just going oh well okay I'm going to try this, this new diet and then the next thing you know you're just like oh okay and I've got a website and I've got this and that and it's like oh, it's amazing,
0: Oh, thank you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah keep in touch, you're amazing and have the best time in Spain thank you I'm gonna a new piece